0: This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, The Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hill to Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. I want someone to hear this. I'm talking about operating in Kingdom Dominion. I'm going to be very brief. I will go very quick. It is a desire and God's intention for us to operate in Dominion. That's what we... And Dominion is one thing that we talk a lot, but we don't live in it a lot. The average believer knows much about dominion message. We sing it, we talk it, we confess it, but we don't see it in reality in our life. And and the reason is not that God is not powerful or God is not present. It's just that we've not been able to connect with God in a way that we can enjoy his power in our life. There's nothing wrong with God's connection. Everything that is wrong is wrong with our ability to receive. And one of the reasons why most believers or some believers don't operate in dominion is because there are things we're gonna talk about, just gonna be practical things, they're not gonna be you guys know I don't like teach. I don't teach deep message because I'm not deep. I'm shallow and I want it to be simple. Jesus is always simple. So if you are looking for big grammar on all these things, you're not gonna get it from me. But I'm gonna try and simplify what this what Jesus is saying to us, amen. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse number 19, we begin to see Paul praying for the church in Ephesus. And look, this is his prayer, verse 19. And what's the exceeding? It says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding, instead that from verse 17, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I pray that you will come to greet the glory of God, the power that walks and resides within you. I pray that you will come to this grip that you are not created as a wimp. You are created to operate and walk in dominion. I pray you will come to this understanding that everything that you are struggling for has been paid on the cross of Calvary about 2,000 years ago. And all you need is to take delivery of that which God has promised you. Can I hear loud amen? And so Paul was saying that my prayer for you is that, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. And when he's enlightened, you begin to see the hope of your calling and the power that works. So look at verse 19. That's what we say. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the workings of his mighty power in us, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at, at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far both principalities, far both powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this world to come, but not only in this very world, but in the world to come. And the Bible says in verse 22, and he has put all things under his feet. Think about it. Paul says, everything has been put under the feet of Jesus. And the feet belongs to the body. And we are the body. The feet belongs to the body. We are the living body of Christ. We embodied his glory. We embodied his power. We embodied everything about him. That's what Paul is trying to say to us. That, that every dominion, every power, everything, when a, every satanic attack, everything the devil is trying to do, everything, any demonic entity you can name, they are under the feet of the body of Christ. And that's me. And that's you. And that's us. Amen? And that's what Paul is trying to say in verse 23. It says, Which is the body? and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So, what is dominion? I have some definition here, and I'm going to be quick. Simple form of dominion is power. It's authority. Is to have control over something or someone. Another definition I have here is that, is the ability to request or to command with expected fulfillment of that appeal. That's dominion. Is to have dominion, is to rule and to be in charge. Amen? Dominion is also about knowing who we are in Christ. If you don't understand our positioning, there's no way we can understand our power. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ And our righteousness is not us Because the bedrock of dominion Is righteousness And what is righteousness Is right standing That's righteousness That's the bedrock of dominion If you're going to operate in dominion You must be standing not in your ability But in the ability of the finished work Of Calvary Can I hear loud amen So for this minutes we have, we're going to, I'm going to break this message into three parts I'll try and rush through those three parts the one part is the insight about dominion, we're going to look at the insight what is, what is the insight, what is God trying to say about dominion, what are those things that, that, that Christ has in his mind when he talks about that we will up, trample upon scorpions, dragons and will take dominion and say nothing of the devil it will affect us or will harm us what does it mean? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the act of working in dominion. And we'll actually um, wrap it up with the place of dominion, which I don't think we're going to be able to get to, to this morning. Amen? So we actually says that dominion is, a, is we operating in the fullness of what Christ has actually wrought in Calvary. That's just simple. Walking in dominion is saying, you know what, it's not by my power, it's by His power, it's conquered all, it's done everything. My responsibility is to start walking. Amen? But if this is the mind of Christ, why, how come we are not, if Christ has paid it all, I don't know for here, but in, in America, or London or anywhere, I know much of America, as Christmas is drawing near, you see people go and um, put things on layaway. They just put something down, they love this, they pay, they put it down, and they pay $20 this month, $20 next month, and before they pay it off by Christmas, they take their goods. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a purchase that was made on Calvary for our redemption. It has been paid for. It's been paid for. But the question is, if this has been paid for, delivered to us, and we've been preached, we've been told about these things, how come we're not operating in this? And the reason is, this is simple. Paul, the same Paul that wrote Ephesians, also wrote a book called Corinthians. And Corinthians Church is one of the most funny church, very canal, very funny, funny church. But Paul was telling them something that's so unique that in most cases we've actually seen this as, as maybe doing some, some things. I don't want to go too far. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from verse number 3, Paul begins to explain to us why most believers are not walking in dominion. Why most people do all the great bindings and yet the devil is, seems as if it's not going anywhere. It looks as if when we bind all those bindings, when we do all those great spiritual warfare kind of prayer, and it looks as if the devil is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I don't know of you, but I know of me sometimes. Well, the more you pray, the more you do that fasting, the next, the next few weeks, hell is just going to break loose. And you say, "What a minute, I'm, it's my fasting, I'm praying, actually inviting them or fueling <laughs> the devil to do something. But this is the problem. The problem is that we engage, every Christian engage in two kind of battles the spiritual, and the battle of the mind. You cannot win the spiritual battle until first you deal with that battle of the mind. And that is where Satan defeats most believers. So you can pray and bind as much as you want to bind. If the mind battle you lost, you cannot win the spiritual battle. Because as long as you are on planet Earth, you're going to operate in your mind. And if you can mess your mind, it will mess your spirit. Every error starts with the mind and not the spirit. So if the mind is not sound, so Paul says this, let's look at um, 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. I have two versions that I'm going to be reading with you. New, the, the new living version, I will do that. He said, for though we will live in the flesh, we do not wage war, as the world does. For the weapons of our warfare is not carnal, but is what? Mighty. To what? Pulling down our strongholds. Verse 5. It says, let, let me read my verse. I love this version. Let me just deal with me. I'm a King James guy, but let me just go with this version. So the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish stronghold. For we demolish argument and every pretentious that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take them captive, every thought. We take to captive, every thought to the obedience of Christ. What Paul is saying here is that if we are going to be real successful in life, in fact, Whosoever controls the strongholds, controls the city. And whosoever controls the gate, controls the stronghold. And who controls the stronghold controls the city. So Paul is saying three things here that I want us to discuss and we'll be done. Amen? So what is strongholds? Strongholds are fortified and well-defended structure. Let's just get it. There. Let's try and explain it. Strongholds are fortified and well-defended structure. Strongholds are not things that are tangible that you can touch, but they are belief systems that are so fortified. And who fortifies this belief system? It's you and me. There are things that we don't want to let go, and because we've not allowed ourselves to, let, to free ourselves from this fortified structure, we discover that it holds us captive. Even though we do some of those spiritual gymnastics, we do all those binding and losing and killing. I know you guys don't kill the devil yeah, because the devil doesn't die. Some we'll people kill. And they, I tell you, you don't kill the devil yesterday. Why are you killing him again today? Did he rexerate? It's only Jesus that rexerate. So why are you? So we have to take care of. So there's, there are fortified structure in every of our minds. And so what's Paul saying here? Paul says there are three things I want you to deal with. And I'm going to define them and I'm just, I pray God will be able to expand these things to us. The first thing that Paul talks about, the four kind of strongholds that Paul talks about is arguments. Even right now, there are arguments in your mind. What are arguments? I try to get definitions to have a better understanding of what we're talking about. Just want to glance through and say, oh, arguments. What does it mean to to say one, well, there's an argument here. Look at what this de- definition says. It says, arguments are those high-sounding defenses put to protect a belief system. High-sounding. Give me a typical example. You know, here yeah, we've we'll prayed today. Pastor Tunde, I've actually declared today. that before the end of this year, you're going to see or something. You're going to see everything that God spoke over your life to come true. You know what the argument says? Yeah, I agree with that, but they are high-sounding words that makes you not to believe what the word of God says. They are high-sounding. They are not. So Paul is saying that the first thing we must deal with, if we're going to win any battle spiritually, we must deal with arguments. And they don't take place outside of us. They take place inside of us. There are things you don't hear out loud. But their belief system, guess what? I come from a, a very wretched family. No one likes me. And you have that belief system inside of you. That begins to hinder the power of God. Hinder the prophecy of God. Because Paul says now, those things have to be dealt with. If you don't deal with the arguments, you will not be able to win your spiritual battle that would put you on top of your mountain. I've seen believers praying tongue, cast out demons, fast, and do things. Guess what? Their life is a sieve. They've never moved an inch for ten years, and you find out in those those believers. You just check talk with him. You discover there there are arguments. There is a belief system that is so fortified. There's a belief system that they've already settled with. And that argument keeps telling them every morning, yes, they have prophesied, yes, they have declared over your life, but you think it can happen. And those are arguments, just as real. And not only those things are cast down, most of the prophecy that comes over us cannot be effective. Am I communicating here? So, the first thing Paul talks about is argument the high-sounding ideas, and we use it to put a defense. Jesus came to that guy at Matthew chapter, John chapter 5. He says, what are you doing here? He says, I've been here for 38 years. No friend, no man to help me. That was a strong argument that kept him there for a long time. Because in case, if I want to move forward, There's nobody to help me. That means I will need somebody to move forward in life. That is a strong defense that has held them down for 38 years. If this guy was making a move in 38, before he gets to 38 years, he would have been number one. But because there was a strong argument that takes place in his heart, he did not allow the grace of God to be expressed in his life, even though that grace has been given 2,000 years ago. Paul says we must deal with this argument you go through it those things that you have that argument that you have in your life that you use to justify why the prophecy will not happen to you I don't have somebody to help me I don't look cute I'm not like them Those are arguments they're not just ordinary they're arguments and they're strong belief sounding words that you are using to defend where you are. to say, no, I can't go. I know you want me to be well, but guess what? I can't be well because I've been here for a long time. I've gone through this problem for a long time. I don't see God helping me. High-sounding theories. Some of you are going through it right now. It was a declaration over our lives this, this morning. Nothing is coming. Paul says you must cast them down. Can I hear loud? Amen? Amen. Number two thing Paul talks about is exalt the thing. You will see that in those, these are two things I draw from these three scriptures, three verses we read in 2 Corinthians. Exalt the things. These are arrogant point of view. What exalt the thing? Arrogant point of view. That says there's no way you're going to make it in life. That prophecy was not for you you're not good enough the arrogant point of view is trying to put you down and this guess what this this is I'm talking about they're not things that happen outside of us They happens inside of us they happen in sometimes we may want to deny it or pretend as if they're not there but they're there there's this struggle that we go through and that is where the battles of lives are won the argument if you can put down that if you can put down the arguments the house sounding things, why you must not succeed, why you are not qualified, why, you know, we're talking, I was coming from my brother's house yesterday and we're looking, listening to, the, I, I watched the, soccer, the, the, the game and I was excited. Not, I'm, not a foot, I'm not a soccer fan. I'm not crazy about soccer. I know my own game, football. We do football. We are the champion. My team is the champion. We've been the champion forever. You know my team. And you know what he's saying? Somebody called in. Oh, I just want. And with this our team, I'm sure we're going to get to the quarterfinal. Then that guy says, oh, maybe we'll get to the semifinal. And I'm saying to Peter, I said, look at them. Look at the mindset. Look at the argument. We are not qualified for the goal. Then why are you going to Russia? If you to get to the quarterfinal, why are you going? They already failed even before they took off. Why? an eye sounding thing that says because we are this color that says because we look like a third world nation that says because we are this or because we are that or because we are not this or because we are not that this is where we stay how come a whole nation can believe that they go going to war with a mindset that they will be defeated to argument and sometimes we look at it casually and say, whoa, this is football. no, it's the spirit that operates in the nation. It's always air through the airway. Because I never had one, not only one, not two, not three, not four that called in. I was saying the same thing. It's only a few, one or two that says, you know what? We're getting the gold medal. Argument. Exalt the things, and the next thing again that we saw here is thought. It talks about thoughts three things one argument, exalt the things, casting down every exalt the things, and talks about bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, what is thought? I have a definition here, amen. Oh, God, thought are the carefully crafted ideas that appear wise. All right, all logic to the mind, but contrary to the word and the plan of God for your life. That's exactly what we had on the radio. Carefully, I thought they've analyzed the guys and says, These guys are not going anywhere. The best they can get you is quarterfinal, and we are okay in quarterfinal. They can't exceed that because they've actually have a thought. In the mind of the people, all their preparation is for quarterfinal. So you see believers, when we prepare, we don't prepare for the best. Because we've actually established something in our mind. But we're not too good. And so every time we pray, and says every time prophecy comes, we have always already negated that prophecy in our mind, and Paul says we must cast down, stop first every argument that says you cannot. Second, every arrogant thing that says you are inferior, you must bring them to subjection. And thought every thought that looks logic, because everyone in, in my neighborhood are okay with just second best. So I may as well settle for that. And these are those things that pulls us down, and let me tell you how they operate. Most especially, just the force of us that are black. If you go anywhere in the world, what is it's the disappear, The black community. I don't care whether i I don't care whether i I don't care whether I'm in America. It's the same. They look alike. If you get to a place where black resides, more blacks. In Germany, as you get to a place in America that are more black resides, it's exactly, they are very similar. It's as if you just transplant one to another. And you begin to ask, why is that so? Oh, God. We never think. Even while we pray, we never think. And Paul says you must cast down those arguments. If you cannot conquer those arguments, if you cannot conquer those arguments, you will make the word of God of no effect in your life. Because they will come. They will come. And that's how to pray. You can't operate in dominion except first you take dominion of you. And the battle of the mind is the battle against you. The battle of the mind is not a battle against Satan. It's a battle against you. If you conquer the mind, then you can now conquer the world. That's what the bone of the God says to um, Adam, he says, subdue the earth. And this is the earth you have to subdue. If you can't see yourself win in your mind as a man, think it. So the man is. It's not talking about confession. You can confess what you are not thinking. And that's what we do well in the church. I'm talking about confessing. I'm talking about processing it. I'm bringing them. Let me tell you the truth. The argument will come. And they will come on a daily basis. It's your responsibility. If you are going to walk in dominion. To cast those arguments by superior argument. I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. I am the body of Christ. And he has put everything under my feet. Arguments will come and that is one thing that is defeating us. We we are are defeated even before we get to the battlefield. When we're saying that, I say, wow, I got my message. I got the message here. Everyone is saying that. Oh, if we can just get to the quarterfinal, we'll be good. Then why are you preparing? Just to get the quarterfinal. Other nations are getting, they are preparing to win, win the gold. You are preparing to win. That's why we don't get any We don't get that far. Because our preparation is just limited. There's argument that we're not able to conquer. Let me just close with this. Oh Jesus. I love this. To take a city, you must take the stronghold. To take a stronghold, you must control the gates. If you are going to take the city of your life, you must take hold of those three strongholds that I talk about. Because they will come. And if you're going to take care of the strong gate, the stronghold, you must take hold of the gates. There are two gates I want to talk about. The eye gate and the ear gate. What do you see? What do you hear? Sherry Peter says, that's the reason why we we are defeated, because everything you see talk in the radio is just defeat. 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 We can't do that. We can do that. If our national team We're looking at our national theme. These guys that are pro, if we're looking at the best they can do in the world is quarterfinal, we have that mindset. It's just that we are not saying it. Because it's what the culture is. It's what the system tells us and feeds us. It's what the environment is feeding us with. So even though we can come out and make some declarations as Christians... Our Christ, our church language, but inside here, we know we don't believe that. And it looks as if it's going to contradict the power of this great just God that we serve. All powerful. Every word of God is sure. Every prophetic word release is sure. But it's just looking for a heart or a mindset that is ready to accept. And absorb and says, I believe. If God said it, I believe it. What's your mindset? What is those arguments you're going through? You will go through them. You will go through them. <laughs> give me a testimony how close with this. And uh, I have a lot. Let me give you testimony. I don't know if I shared it there. God you know, New England is the graveyard of churches. He's there. The best um, Nigerian church you can see, the less than 100. Mm, they were doing very well, 120. And they are doing very well. They were very proud. I so said, when God was told us we were going to start a church, my mindset was different. I was not prepared. I was not prepared. I'm not a smart guy. You guys know I'm not smart. I'm honest with you guys. I'm not too smart. No, 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 no. I'm honest with you guys. I'm not just okay I'm not too a smart guy. If you sit one-on-one with me, you know this guy is not too smart. I, I know my limits. So and I say to myself, you know what? And I have an accent and I'm going to be... And God says, you're going to study church. start a church in New England. I've seen churches for 10 years, 20 years. They are still counting 10. That same land you want me to come? No, I'm not going to the church. Let's go to church in Texas. The mindset. So God begins to deal with that mindset. I, inter- I dealt with that mindset and I said, you know what? And God begins to correct me and begins to change the way I look at things. So I make sure the argument here. And I love of it. It comes every day. For instance, in our school, uh, there are, um, most of our teachers are white. The first director we hired, white lady, thought we are just stupid people. Looked at this guy. Says, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He just came and was trying to... Do some white thing. No offense to those of us that are white. I'm just and you know, we we'll just call her to the office, myself and my wife, and say no, well, you're fired today. Because he was thinking, you guys need no, I so said we don't need you. We hire you. We don't need you. We can do without you. Guess what? This is our land, also. Mindset. Listen again. Opposite of our school, there's a show, kinder care. Kinder care is the is the go to America type kinder care. Every city has kinder care, and we're building a her own school directly opposite kinder care. She came, she says, "What were you guys thinking? You're gonna build opposite kinder care? You guys are gonna go? No, say no. I before God, man. We took people from kinder care to our fountain of grace care." Every pastor I've come to know in Boston have that mindset of imitation. So when we're going to start the church, I I love your spirit. Told them we're going to get to a restaurant that has a valley park. So when the people come to church, they don't have to park their car. They just drop their car and walk to service. That was how we started. I refused to start in the basement because that is norm. I refused to search. Started very well, and guess what? And we everything we want to do, we do by the grace of God. Why? I was not ready to buy that mindset of saying black. They call me for the Black Ministerial Alliance. I don't go And I, they know I don't, they come to one of, I'm talking about. look, it's a mindset because first all, they try to intimidate you and thinking, who do you think you are? African boy. And they start this way and says, do you have lions walking in the street? I know where they're going to. The moment they start asking, do you have lions? I know where they're going to. And I says, guess what, guys? You don't know where I'm from. We're better. God God is in Africa. God is in Nigeria. And I started giving them, I started recounting because all they're trying to do is set an argument in my head. Let me know that I'm inferior. And I said to them, I am not inferior. I have the spirit of God operating in me. I know who I am. And I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do all things. There's nothing we cannot do. I told the church we are going to build a bank and I mean it. We're going to give to the society and I really mean it. It's not that we have everything, but guess what? I know who I am. I am wired to him. Don't check me out on my grammar. Forget about my grammar. I'm an accountant by profession. We don't read English. We do maths and numbers. I will do it well. Am I communicating here? Praise the Lord. You must win the argument of your mind. I can do all things through Christ. Don't let those arguments, don't build a structure in you why you must not succeed. Tear those things down. Those things that say why. Those things that say this is why you will not. Because your parents are not very rich. You don't know this. You don't know that. Those are arguments. Tear them down. And says, You know what? I am the child of the living God. If God be for me, who can be against me? One way God is majority, so I am majority. Thank you. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at the Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, Call 8087 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website www.rccgthroneroom.org You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.